let's go ahead and get going, yeah? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So <clears throat> this morning, this is the last Sunday before we're at camp, meaning this upcoming week we're going to camp. If you're not signed up for all church retreat, let me just encourage you right now. I signed up the Sunday before they left for the camp that I went on when I was in high school. I signed up the Sunday before they left. And then I went to that, that camp and I got saved. It's not too late to sign up. In fact, if you're not signed up and you can't afford it, I, I'd be glad to work out a way to get you there. We can get you paid for, that is not an issue. If you're not signed up because of money, well, you better sign up right now and we're gonna get you paid for. Uh, but we want to be at All Church Retreat, but we gotta get prepared for All Church Retreat. Okay, so my daughter just finished up her swim season. It's her first ever swim season. She never competed the whole season. She was really just in glorified swim lessons. She still can't swim. Uh, but, so I swam in high school and, and uh, you know, I love swimming. And so I was like, ah, I want her to swim and I want to be her coach. So I went in and I coached her and I'm just coaching her to put her head in the water and to just be comfortable and familiar in the water. Cause that's a hard thing. That's the first part of learning to swim is not freaking out when you're in the water. So we're working on those things, but the other swimmers are that are in other lanes, they're doing different things. And then there's multiple practices and then the older kids come in and they're swimming and what you'll notice if you roll up to a swim practice or if you've been a swim practice is that there are two components to it number one there's the fitness level you have to have strong muscles to swim but you also have to have strong lungs and strong heart you have to have good conditioning to be able to swim a race right you have to be really strong look at tegan flex those guns Hey, that's okay. So you don't have to be super strong to swim, but you do have to have some muscle. But, but if you don't have a lot of muscle, which was the case for me in high school especially, I, I looked like Tegan in high school. High school boy looks like Tegan. That's not good, okay? If you don't have muscle, the other component to swimming is your form, your technique. And so uh, my coach didn't spend a whole lot of time on that in high school he was just like get in there and swim a lot and we're like oh, okay and so we would just start swimming and our elbows would give out and our shoulders would be destroyed and we'd get lung infections and all kinds of crazy stuff uh just because he would say put your head down and go now it worked so i'm not complaining but that other component the form is critical and that's what we're going to work on in here. A lot of what we do is I'll say, hey, go, come on, let's do this. Let's go, 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 go. Start this and let's do this and let's be about this. And generally, we respond to that. We do evangelistic efforts. We start Bible studies. We jump into mentorship. We go and we try to evangelize. We're about it. But we have to take some time to slow down and think about what we're doing. Think about how we're doing what we're doing, especially as we go into this week of camp. So this, this morning, um, the thought, the emphasis will be on preparing your heart. We're going we're gonna to make sure that we're all lined up 
that our strokes are lined up so that when we swim into this week, we're not going to miss something that God has for us. Okay. We're not going to get tennis elbow from swimming, right? We're not going to tear our rotator cuff because we're just blasting through this week and it's so much fun and we don't want to miss what God has for us. Okay. But we have to, we have to get lined up for that. So the the passage we're going to jump from is first Corinthians chapter two. If you want to open your Bible, first Corinthians chapter two, we're going to look at a couple that will launch us and then we're gonna we're actually gonna spend the majority of our time in prayer groups okay we're gonna pray through some things uh the adult bible study last night went through this exact same thing i got to share this with them and then we spent a lot of time praying together and so we're prayed up but we can never be too prayed up so we're gonna do it again but we're ready to pray with you. We want to we want to take this time and just prepare our hearts together with you guys. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says this. Paul says, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to unpack this a little bit. Father, thank you again. God, we, we just want to continually recognize our desperate need to invite you into every element of this morning service. God, we don't want to get going thinking that, that we can just have a service and accomplish anything good and profitable ourselves but that God we need you to do the work we need you to open our eyes we need you to soften our hearts we need you to help us to draw us to a place where we are actually prepared to hear from you uh, you know in the second service and then this week at camp we need you to help prepare us so God we want to do our part we do want to prepare our heart um, so God, would you help us? Would you give us grace to do that? Or would you give us a focus? Would you give us a, a determination to get what you have for us this morning? And I just ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here's some facts from these two verses, verse 9 and 10. There's a few things we need to consider that will get us going here. Number one, if you love God, there are things that he prepared to show you. Okay. If you love God, there's things that he prepared to show you. You see that? It says, I have not seen nor heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. People haven't received the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. In other words, God prepared something for people that love him. He has a word. He has truth. He has doctrine. He has some things that he prepared. Long, long time ago. Now, in light of camp, Camp isn't sneaking up on God. He's prepared for it. He has things that he specifically wants to say to us this week. He's had his calendar set. He, he clicked the little plus and it said add event. And he said camp 2021 thousands of years ago. He had it already pre prepared in his calendar. He's been packed thousands of years. He put his socks in. He got the, he got the 
He wears white Air Force Ones. He's got those already. He's got his MBT shirt on, right? He's ready for camp, and he's been ready. It's not catching him off guard. For us, we roll into we roll into Sunday morning service, and we're like, yeah, what's this week? Camp? Oh, wait, I got to get ready. And what we think is getting ready is all of those things. We got to pack, and we got to make sure we have everything. And then Wednesday comes, and we're gearing up to go. And you know what we're doing? Like, oh, we got to make sure we get to this and we got to put it in the car. We got to do this. And your parents are like, you go get those three things and stick them in the thing. And then this person over here is running. And then there's a baby pooping on the floor. And you're like, oh, we got to clean up the baby poop. And we're running around and we're scrambling because we, we've got to get prepared. We've got to make sure we have everything that we need so that we can leave and go to camp. And then we get to camp. And guess what the pace of our heart rate is? Oh, we're like, oh my goodness, we're at camp. This is amazing. We're all pumped up. Camp is here. We get the camp food, and then our heartbeat goes, oh man. But then we get into the service, okay? We get into the service, and our heart is just kind of like, and our worship is just kind of like, yeah, this is good. Been really looking forward to being here at camp. Can't wait for the after service activities. And then Thursday comes, Thursday morning happens, and we're gonna there's preaching and small groups and really exciting games, and and then that'll be good. And then you know, Thursday afternoon, there's free time, we're gonna play, and then Thursday evening comes, and we're starting to get there. We're like, wow, okay, wait, wait, wait. Camp is about like the word of God. Okay, wow, wait. There's a lot of preaching. We're doing a lot of listening. And then so you're like half asleep through the service. But then Friday comes and you're like, wait a second. I got to hear from God. I need to have some monumental shift in my life and my thinking and my heart. And God has slowly but surely been knocking. And I better I better get something figured out here. So you go to Friday service and, and he's preaching. And you're like, OK, I think I can apply that. Maybe. Maybe. I think there's something. And then they do an invitation and you're like, well, there might have been something I was supposed to respond to, but it'd be awkward if I went down and asked Jeff to pray with me because I don't really know what I need to pray about. And I don't really know how God has led me, but I know there's been some really good stuff. And so when when he asked to do testimonies this Sunday, I'll have something because I can reiterate some of the things that the preacher said, but none of it really affected us. That's, that's the normal. That's the default going into camp for all of us. You say, but I'm really spiritual. Nah, no, you're not. We're all pretty natural. We're all pretty carnal as our default. No matter how kind and sweet you are. If we don't prepare our heart, <clears throat> we got we to prepare our heart. God is the camp speaker. And he is fully prepared. His notes are already written out. He has thought through what he's going to say all week. Now, he has to use a man to do it. And so he's working that out. And Pastor George Grace, and he's getting it figured out how he's going to say that through this man. But he knows what he wants to say to you individually and personally. From 
1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, we also see that God has made a way to give us access to those things that he prepared. He gave us access. He made a way to communicate to us. If God was actually the camp speaker, if he, if he physically showed up, God the Father shows up to camp, we would all die instantly. Because God is a consuming fire. God is light. God would obliterate us. We wouldn't even be able to comprehend what's happening. We would just melt away because we have these temporal, mortal, fleshly, corruptible bodies. Okay? So, if God were to actually show up, we would die. And he knows that. So, he made a way for us to hear from him and to meet with him and to receive of him the things that he prepared for us. In his preparation and his wisdom for for this camp this week, he made a way for us to hear from him through his preserved word, by his Holy Spirit. If you're born again, if you've been saved, if you've called on and trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God put his spirit inside of you. And if his spirit is inside of you, one of the functions of his spirit inside of you is to teach you is to basically kind of be a translator. He translates the things of God into us and to us so that we can understand what God is doing and saying to us. He made a way for us to hear from Him. Last thing from these verses, it's by His Spirit, as I just said, that we're going to receive and understand these things that He prepared for us. Let me just tell you a couple things that God is expecting to do. And I want you to think about this. Reflect. Which of these might you be able to expect? Which of these could you anticipate for you? Which situation do you resonate with the most? God is expecting to speak into our hearts in situations this week. Here's what he's doing. He's expecting to lead us and guide us through our current thoughts. Current thoughts and decisions. Some of us have, we have a thought life. We have decisions that we are struggling through. There's big decisions. God wants to lead through that. He wants to speak into that. Last year, maybe the year before, I don't remember, Kylie and I were like, <clears throat> man, I think we're going we're gonna to be part of a church plant. I think we're going to go be missionaries. And so we were like, well, let's just give this to the Lord. God, is it foreign? Are we going to be foreign missionaries? Are we going to go do some work across the big pond? And we showed up to camp, and guess what God said? Guess, what did God say? (laughs) Here we are. I mean, he said, he said, this is what he said. You would think he'd be like, no, you're not going to Bulgaria. He said, doesn't matter. matter. It matters who you are. Who are you right now? And I was like, oh, you're so wise. How did you do that? It doesn't matter where I go or what I do. It matters who I am. Am I being conformed to the image of his son? Am I being surrendered and being the person, the son of God that I'm supposed to be? So he answered that thought and decision. And it wasn't how I expected. It was how only he could do, right? Some of you have a similar situation. God, do I need to get a job? God, do I need to go to school? God, do I need to do this? Should I do this? What about this situation in my life? And God wants to speak into that. He's also expecting to encourage or comfort us in our hurts 
and in our trials. Some of you have some hard situations going on. Some of you have things in your life. You're in a predicament. There's this family situation, this friend situation, this situation, and you have found yourself hurting. Maybe you're walking with God, but you're kind of limping. And maybe it's because you've got some dynamic between you and God that you've got to get worked out. I don't know. But there's some kind of thorn in your spirit. There's a catch. There's something off. God wants to visit that. And he wants to iron it out. He wants to pull it out. He wants to figure it out. He wants to do business with you. He wants to comfort you. God is also, for some of us, expecting to empower and charge us into action. Some of us have been on the sideline for far too long. You've been on the bench. All summer you're like, I know I'm supposed to do something for God, but I don't know what. And he's going to at camp say, hey, wake up. I want to use you in a Bible study. I want to use you to evangelize. I want to use you to minister to someone in some way. But you got to get going. And I'm with you. Let's do it together. Some of you need to hear that. And not just now, where I've made you, you know, pee your pants a little bit. You need to hear it at camp in a powerful way from his word. And he'll do that. You feel like kind of lethargic spiritually? You need God to kick you in the tail a little bit. Similarly, he's also expecting to correct and rebuke us in our sin. Like, nah, Jeff, too far. (laughs) No, stop right there. That's too personal. I got my sin, and I'm going to keep it to myself, and you just leave me alone now. Okay, I remember at least one that I keep telling about, uh, a camp. It was within the last few years. And I don't remember which day it was, but I remember where I was sitting, and I remember Nate was sitting next to me, and I know that God was dealing with my heart over the course of the week. He had been dealing with my heart over the course of months, really. I'm just stubborn. And I get to camp, and there's preaching happening, and my heart is just like being restricted. I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep hold of this thing. And then finally I was like, Nate, can we pray? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so I kind of tell him what we need to pray about, and I pray, and then he prays for me. And then afterwards I was like, oh, that's better. Great. I stopped hanging on to my sin, my my pursuit of vanity, my pursuit of this thing that I had. It wasn't some like, it wasn't some dark, like, addiction to the dark web pornography while I'm doing heroin in my bedroom kind of thing. But it absolutely was something where I was missing the mark on God's glory. I was missing the mark, and I knew it. I knew that I was doing something, given to something that God said no. And I knew it very clearly, but I was hanging on to it. And it was a fine thing. It's not a bad thing. It wasn't like some really wicked, evil device. It was just that I was errant and I needed God to say, hey, son, stop. Come here. Get this right. And I did. And I could breathe easy. Some of us will have similar situations. But here's the deal. 
God is expecting to use his word by his spirit this week in a powerful and in a life-changing way for us. But we can absolutely miss it. You can go through the whole week and totally miss it. I don't know if you play baseball. I'm not good at it. But especially wiffle ball, I love wiffle ball. Because it makes me feel like I'm good at baseball. But if, you, if, you're, if you're bad at timing and preparing to hit the ball, you know what happens? Somebody pitches that ball, and you, with all your strength and all your might, you're like, I'm going to hit this thing to Kauffman Stadium. And they throw it, and you go, Rah! and you whiff, because it's called wiffle ball. So you totally whiff. You totally missed the ball. Why? Because you weren't dialed in on that wiffle ball coming to you. What's up, guys? Come on in. I'm just talking about me being bad at wiffle ball. Come on in. Good timing. So they they pitch the ball to you. And if you're not prepared, if your timing isn't dialed in, if you haven't done it before, if you haven't thought through how you're supposed to actually hit the wiffle ball, you're going to miss. And we all, have, we all have the ability to miss what God has for us this week. If we don't, dial it in. If we don't prepare our hearts. So, we're going to walk through how we prepare our hearts. God may not, he may not shout at you this week. He may not make it real big and obvious. You know what he might do? He might say, hey, Maya, this is what I want for you. Maya, Maya, do you hear me? Maya, this is what I want. Do you hear me? She hears me. Good. He he might just say, He might not make it real big and obvious. He might be drawing you in. And if you aren't quieted, if you aren't giving a care about what God has to say, dude, he might say, well, you missed that one. Guess we'll wait another couple months. You're going to have to work this thing out on your own. You didn't want to hear? You didn't want to listen? Well, fine. Go ahead and keep doing this thing that you're doing. Good luck. And then in a couple couple months, you're like, my life is so miserable. I don't have a walk with God and I need help. And God's going to be like, I know. And I knew it a couple months ago, right? I was trying to tell you. So here's how we dial our hearts in. We're going to, we're going to prepare our hearts to care. It's an acronym, C-A-R-E. There's like a thousand different things out there that are acronyms that walk us through models for prayer. But this is the one we're going to use to prepare our hearts for camp. C-A-R-E. Let's talk about it. So the first is C. C stands for confession. So I think these are some slides for us. Confession. I'm going to give you a couple of verses and then I'm going to tell you how we'll pray. After I get through these four things, then we're actually just going to split up and pray. Okay. 
Confession is the first start in, uh, it's the first part in preparing your heart. Proverbs 28, 13 tells us that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Excuse me. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You see the two options there? You can hide it or you can confess it. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Don't you know there's power in you confessing your sin? You say, but that's my sin. I don't want anybody else to hear about it. There's power in confessing it and getting it out, putting it on the table. So last night we had our adult Bible study and we did it on Zoom, which was super awkward, but we did it. And we did this part. And Kylie and me and the Murphys and then the other group of adults, they met. And you know what we did? You know what we did? We confessed our sin in prayer together. And you know what I did? I wrote down all of their sin. No, I didn't. I wrote down all of mine. And I wrote down all the different elements of this. I just wanted to, I wanted to get it out. I got it out here and I kind of knew where I was going. And, and then I just, blah. sorry guys, I didn't mean to puke on you. But I just spilled it. And we all did. And you know what? I felt like a burden was lifted. I got that stuff out. And then you know what the Murphys did? They said, wow. <laughs> Jeff, you struggle with that? Uh. I mean, who even, like, which of the Murphys would even sound like that? Philip? <laughs> they said Philip. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Of course, they didn't, didn't treat me that way, nor would anyone in this room, okay? Nobody in here, if you confess the biggest, nastiest thing you've done, the biggest, nastiest thing you've done, if you laid that out on the table, it might be a little like, whoa, you've done that? You've killed a man? Whoa. <laughs> we might be a little shocked, but you know what? How would we, how would we respond? Probably tell the cops. That's fair. Okay, you stole from your parents. You know, you, how would we respond? Like, dang, man. Yeah, you're messed up. <laughs> now, let me tell you about how messed up I am. I'm a church kid. I grew up in Midtown. But you know what? I've been lying this whole time. I'm actually addicted to whatever. I'm actually addicted to this really nasty thing. Oh, wow. Wait, you mean, you mean there aren't two different categories of believers in here? Like the, the ones that are messed up and then the ones who are really spiritual and righteous? No, that's all a, that's all a hoax. Who's the most spiritual person in here? Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> We're all on the same plane. All of us, all on the exact same plane. And what confession does is it makes vulnerable your heart. 
And it says, I'm not too important to tell you about the nastiness that I'm currently in. We are not going to just spend time talking about all the awful things you've done in the past. Nobody cares about the things in the past. Unless you really need to bring something up, don't worry about it. We're talking about right now. Right now, the things that God brings to remembrance in your mind and in your heart that you need to lay out before the people in your group, lay it out. Be humble. Make yourself low. And in other words, here's how I kind of capped that up. The first preparation of your heart is to make it vulnerable. If you're preparing your heart for camp, you've got to make it vulnerable. That's uncomfortable. And if you're visiting, you're like, nah. Nah, I ain't doing that. Do that. See what happens. Watch God work. C is confession. A is adoration. So after you've confessed stuff before your group, and you're feeling like, wow, I just let that out. I just actually told somebody about that. Whoo! Now what? This is awkward. Well, hey, meet the awkwardness with adoration of the Lord. So, so here's what the Bible says. Isaiah 25, verse 1. It says, O Lord, thou art my God. I, I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. I've done some awful things, but, but thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. God, I'm so inadequate. I'm so insufficient. I'm so small. I didn't even make myself. You made me. I don't have any control. I didn't choose to be born. You made that happen. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God, I'm just a sheep. You're the shepherd. You're the leader. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. After you've confessed, man, you need to just lift up how good God is. There's a pastor at the church I used to go to. And he always said, after you sin, you confess, you repent. You repent, but you reestablish your fellowship with God through worship. So you get this stuff right, and then you go into that worship service, and you stop looking around, and you stop pretending like you're too cool to sing, and you just lift up your hands, sweaty armpits and all. You just lift it up, and you surrender, and you declare how good God is. And it's uncomfortable, and we need to do that. So... In your humility and lowness, lift up God. First preparation is to make it vulnerable, your heart vulnerable. And then in that humility, that vulnerability, the lowness of your heart, lift up God. Now you're reestablishing what your heart, your heart posture should be. Does that make sense? You're reestablishing correct form. You're not just blasting through the week. You're getting things set and in the right place. But then we're going to put some action to it. R. So C, confession. A, adoration. R, repentance. We're going to actually do some repenting. This morning, we're going to actually work through 
some turning of our eyes, our heart, our feet, our ways from our own, from the world to the Lord. Repent just means to change directions. If I repent, look, I'm going this way. And if I repent, that means I go this direction. I turn from. So if I'm in sin, I'm just doing my thing. Repenting is not doing that. Really simple. It's not like you super stand up and you turn into like a spiritual God. Like I'm going to repent. I'm amazing now. That's not, that's not it. It's a simple turning. So let's, let's look at some scripture here. Psalm 119 verse 33 and 40 says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Here it is. Make me go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn my eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. God, help me to turn my heart, my mind, my eyes. Turn me to you. Some of you feel in your heart, you're like, I don't feel like following God. Well, ask him to cause you to feel like following him. You know what I mean? You can't conjure up some spirituality. That's how it works. I was always chasing a woman fuzzy. It's a really weird phrase. I was always chasing a woman fuzzy. But in high school, the worship team, uh, the worship team in, in the high school group and at the church I was at, it was always really big and cool and really awesome. And we would go into those services and I'd be like, Lord, I just want to feel like I'm worshiping you. And I would be chasing, seeking after this warm, fuzzy feeling. I just wanted to be, get into this really spiritual state. I was looking for it. I was seeking it. Until I came to Midtown and Sam was like, you know what I'll give you? He literally would say things like, you want a warm and fuzzy feeling? Get right with God. Obey. Repent. There's a warm and fuzzy Psalm 119, 59 and 60 says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I changed directions. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. I didn't just think about it. And then, and then I turned my feet and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to go over there. I'm not supposed to keep going this direction. I'll do it on, I'll do it on Friday night. I know I'm supposed to go, but. Can I give another example? I'm preaching. I'm supposed to just instruct and get us praying. Can I give another example? Can I confess? So <clears throat> Kylie and I and the girls had family night on Friday night, right? Friday night. So the plan was we're going to go to a park. This park happened to have a pond. And we were going to play on the playground. We we're going to eat dinner, play on the playground, and then go fishing. Simple, easy. So we went, we got our food, we bring it to the park, the playground's closed. So 
me and my incredible selflessness <laughs> said, you guys just eat. I'll go fish and then we'll go find a park. Well, what was I actually doing? Scheming for me. I was actually very selfish. And I kind of ruined family night. Now, Kylie would say, no, you didn't. Or maybe she'd be like, yeah, you did. Thanks for saying that. What was I doing? I was looking out for me getting to do what I wanted to do. And I realized that and I recognized that. And then I confessed that in our time of confession with the Murphys. And then last night I was like, I do not want to do that. I want to help load the dishwasher. I want to be the husband and the dad that I'm supposed to be. I don't want to just look out for me. And I had, to, I had to make haste. I had to apply. I had to do it right then and right there. And so do you. Whatever it is that God is going to call you to, to repent from, do, do it. Because God is our authority. We turn from our sin to follow and obey him. That's kind of how I said that last one. So then, so then we move to E or expectation. And then if you need you know, a second to write this down, we can keep that up as I get into E or expectation. C is confession. You're going to start with confession. Everyone will confess. It'll be a little bit vulnerable. Good. A is adoration. You're then, you're then going to, it's not about who's more spiritual and less sinful. It's about God. So we adore God and we lift him up. And then there's R. After we've prostrated, prostrated ourselves and we've postured ourselves correctly before God, we're low, he's high. Then we're going to say, now I want to turn from this stuff and I want to follow after you. And then we get to E, which is expectation. And this is going to launch us into this week. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, open thou mine eyes. God, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. It's not, God, open my eyes so that when I get to camp, I might hear from you. It's not. You know, give me a little bit of like insight so that I can feel like I'm, you know, connecting with you at some level at camp. It's, it's just straightforward. Open my eyes so that I can see it. I want to see it. And I'm proposing to you, God, that if you'll open my eyes, I will see it. I'm not going to miss it. When we go into second service, God, I'm going to hear from you. It's not a chance. It's not if I get something right. It's, God, if you open my eyes, I, I will see and I will hear from you. You know, you can go into the next service and you can hear from God if you choose to. Do you know that? But think about how many services have we gone through? Church camps, Sunday mornings. How many have we gone through? And we're like, okay, okay, go to service. You sit down, get your Bible out. You look like you got it, right? You got your notebook out, maybe, if you're, like, super spiritual. Maybe not super spiritual, just super smart and organized, right? You got your stuff out. Get your glasses on. Time to hear from God. And how many times do you just sit there and you're like, I wonder what we're doing after service. And then he gets done with the sermon and he gives an invitation. And I'm convicted about this, guys. He gives an invitation. He says, hey, you come down. Come down. Let's go down front. Come on. You know, you've got something you got to get right. Come on down. And guess what we do? We're like. Don't you fall to sing in the song. But 
Definitely not going down there. I mean, I kind of, and I, I'm not going to because I think it'd be forcing it a little bit. I really want to just determine right now, no matter what the invitation is, I'm going to respond to it and I'm going to go down there. I kind of feel compelled to do that. Just because I want to, I just don't want to hold anything back from what the Lord might be doing. So at least, I think we can at least determine we're going to hear from God. John 15, 7 through 11. Here's how Jesus kind of tells it. And then we're going to pray. He says, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can have expectation. If you'll abide, he says, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. God, I'm hearing your word. I want to keep this. I want to hold on to it. I want to abide in it. God, I want to hear from you. I want you to lead me in, in this particular situation. And guess what will happen? You ask him to do it, he'll do it. You see that? You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. You want to hear from me? I'll lead you and guide you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Here it is. If ye keep my commandments. So God's giving instruction to you guys right now. And if you'll keep it, if you'll say, okay, he said a lot, but I'm clinging to this one thing. I'm going to keep it. You shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And what will be the result of that? These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Feel depressed, feel apathetic, feel whatever. You're not keeping his commandments. And I'm not saying you're holistically just a heathen, but I'm saying there might be something he's trying to tell you. He's trying to lead you or instruct you in and you're not ready for it and you're not keeping it. Depression is like a, it's like a, uh, so, so when you go fishing, you're going fishing for catfish, okay? If it's a big catfish, you got your, your rod is set up and the reel and the line's out there. They put little bells on the top of the rod. What do you think that bell's for? You've got your rods, they're laid out, you're reading your magazine. What's the bell on the rod for? Yeah, if, if a fish grabs the line, the pole is going to go, and when it does that, it's going to go, and you sprint as fast as you can, and you grab that pole, and you just start fighting it. Depression is like that little bell. It says, hey, there's something here. There's something you need to get figured out. There's something you need to hear from God. So what we do is we expect to hear from him. We expect to keep what he says, and we're going to obey it. Here's, here's how I worded it. We end with the decision to trust God to speak to us and keep whatever he says to us. We confess our sin. We adore the Lord. We repent from our ways and turn to his. And then we expect when he tells us what he's going to tell us, when he leads us, with us we will follow and obey. Even if... It's something really cool. Like you need to prepare for being a leader. So seniors, maybe it's something like, I want you to not go away to school 
because I want you to plug into LFBI. I want you to not go to school. I want you to go to LFBI. And some of you are like, what the heck is LFBI? <laughs> You'll hear about it more and more the more you come. It's our Bible school. Some of you are like, I would much rather go to LFBI than go to school. <laughs> Maybe it's something cool like, I want you to be a part of a church plant someday. Will you decide you'll obey that? You'll follow that path? But maybe it's something really lame that he wants you to do. Like, hey, I want you to stop failing your classes. You represent me at your school. Stop taking me as a joke. Stop showing my name as a failure. Hey, stop disobeying your parents. I gave them to you. You obey. You're like, that's not cool, God. That's not exciting. I don't want to do that. They make me do chores. And I'm 15. Will you obey no matter what? Right away? With a happy heart? That's where we want to end with our prayer time. So we're going to divide up. I don't know how we're going to divide up. Um, not that smart. But we're going to divide up. And then we're going to confess, we're going to adore, we're going to repent, and we're going to expect. Does that make sense? You with me? Okay, people online, we're not even going to try to do this with you guys. It's just too complicated. They just, Nate just left. Nate was like, brought him out. <laughs> that was fast. Murphys, we love you guys, and we'll see you when we get back. We miss you at camp, and uh, we're thinking about you, and we'll pray for you. So, peace out. Okay. Let's do this. Let's uh, break it up. There's two adults there. There's two adults there. There's two adults here. That had no significance. <laughs>